Good morning. Good morning, friends. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church this morning. We are here for a family meeting. That's what we are. Some of you are regularly a part of the First Pres family, but it's really obvious to me from just visiting with you just now as you came in the door that you feel family to Bruce, and you are family to Bruce. And so that's what we're doing here today. We're family, and what we're doing is we're going to celebrate Bruce and and laugh a little bit and enjoy remembering Bruce and who he is and what he was about. And we're also going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. It's on the basis of the resurrection that we can stand here together and do this. So that's what we're doing. We're doing as a family. And one of the things I would suggest to you is that Jesus became central important to Bruce. And maybe some, maybe that's not true for some of us. Maybe it is true for some of us. Either way, I want to suggest to you, wherever you are in a journey of faith, that this reality of family, it's very real. It's what happens to people when they decide they want to follow Jesus because we're sons and daughters of the king, but we're also brothers and sisters with each other. And that's how I want you to feel about this. This is going to be us celebrating and singing and listening and praying and doing all the things that family does together in this time where we're all really, really sad and we're really shocked. I want to promise you that this group of people who are the musicians and the people in the back, they're shocked. I'm shocked. I'm the pastor of the church, Kathy, who will be up in a few minutes. She's also a pastor in the church, and we're shocked because Bruce has been here since about 2005 or six. We've been down the road together as a, as a family. And, the, and so welcome to the family. And welcome to the opportunity to put our faith in the resurrection and to celebrate Bruce Trice. Allow me to pray for us, and then we're going to keep moving forward in this celebration. Please pray with me. Gracious God, we're sad. We don't want to be here. We have no words, and we're, we are warm in the sense that we love Bruce, and we love his mom, we love his dad, we love Cassie, we love Dan, we love Liam, we love Aunt Wilma. And all of those people, and then all these folks that have done music with Bruce, family. And yet we just don't know what to say. But what we're doing is we're gathering as a family. And we're putting our hearts together and we're saying, God, be with us, be with this family. And we're also casting our trust, our assurance on the reality of Bruce living forever in your presence and the reality of the resurrection which makes that possible. So with our music, with our prayers, with the reading and listening to scripture, with thoughts about Bruce's life, thoughts about the resurrection, with this, let us all be people who understand it's okay to be sad and also to celebrate that we can have grief but we can also have the assurance of Jesus. We're going to do all this together. Your people, your sons and daughters, who makes, and that makes us brothers and sisters. All this in the name of the enthroned King of the universe, Jesus, our Messiah. Amen. So what's going to happen now, I want to invite the remainder of the band to come up here. We had to make room because everybody wanted to come sing this morning and play, and so you're seeing more than a full house. And, and Matt, who is leading us, is going to invite you right now to stand, and guess what you're going to do? Don't be shy. You're going to sing. Word. 
never stop working. He never stop. He never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. He never stop. He never stop working. He never stop. He never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. As we just sang together, he mends our hearts, and he's using the music team this morning and this worship music, but he also uses his word because the Lord wants to wrap around us with his love, and it's his voice that speaks so tenderly to you and to me this morning. And I love his words to us in Revelation 21 because it is this incredible description of heaven and what is happening there and what Bruce is experiencing. And I heard a loud voice from the throne. They must have him as the sound manager. <laughs> I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. And hear this. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. And then he said, 
write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And then Psalm 150, this great psalm of praise. It's what we're doing this morning. It's what Bruce did with us every week. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and the pipe and the drums. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And then from Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with a joyful song and know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we're his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Praise his name. For the Lord is good, even when it seems like he's not. The Lord is good, and his love endures forever, and his faithfulness will continue through all generations. A third text from Scripture appropriate for the day. We're going to hear from the great Apostle Paul, Romans chapter 8. Paul writes to people he hadn't met. And the, this chapter is a crescendo of Paul's assurance that God loves us and nothing can, do, nothing can separate us from God's love. The other thing that's helpful to me sometimes is to realize that Paul's writing to those earliest followers of Jesus, maybe in 50, 60, 70 A.D., they live in the city of Rome, and in Rome, Caesar is Lord. But followers of Jesus would proclaim Jesus is Lord, and Romans didn't like it. And Romans were accustomed to letting you know how they felt when you went against them. And so they were suffering, and I mean that in the sense of physical persecution. So it was not easy to be a Jesus follower in the first century. And yet Paul writes these words that are filled with certainty and assurance, not because of anything human, but because of who God is. So hear them. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 39. What then are we to say about these things? That is all of what I just said and all of what Paul has written up to that point. If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son but gave him up for all of us, Will he not with him also give us everything else? Of course, the answer is yes. Who will bring any charge against God's elect? The answer, of course, is no one. It's God who justifies. Who is to condemn? No one is the answer. It is Christ Jesus who died. And yes, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed intercedes for us? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, 
nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Messiah Jesus, our Lord. Friends, this is the assurance that we live with. And we are grateful, are we not, to God, that God has loved us like this in Jesus Christ. So on we go, celebrating Bruce, celebrating the reality of the resurrection. And what we're going to do now is we're going to hear from three people, but first will be Jim Trice, Bruce's dad. And Matt, if you would come and help me with the microphone. Matt, let's put it on the stand. First of all, I want to thank you all for coming. This would have, this is just so much beyond my imagination. But to lose a son at this age, and you always think, well, you know, we've got him to take care of us. And he was always there. You know, you call him and say, we need you, and, you know, within an hour, and I'm sure he broke a lot of speed limits <laughs> getting there, but he was there, and, you know, he would stay until we wanted him, and most of the time he would bring my favorite grandson, Liam, because that always, his voice, no matter what he said, and Liam would have a lot, you know, we'd like telephone Bruce every night just to ask you know, how did the day go? And it was always good. I never heard him complain. You know, uh, I, I, you know, I kept saying, God, how can everything be so positive? And it was with him. You know, if, if you knew when he come in, it was going to be positive and he was going to help. And it, it's just, it, it's unbelievable that it has happened, but it has. So we, we really have to go along with it we have no choice but the one thing we know and today it really certified it I know that with all the love that is being shown in here that he is in heaven with God and I don't know who directs up there but I'm sure Bruce is ready to push him out uh, you know <laughs> it's his job here I come uh, so you know and and you know he had a couple of things in life that he always loved, and that was his son, Liam. Liam was his starch and kept going. Uh, he, those two always smiling at each other, and of course they had their little arguments. <laughs> Liam, Liam is 12, and he's informed us he'll soon be 13, and I think, oh my, you know, but, but they, they were always together, and and they joked around all the time, and he joked around with us. And, 
you know, I'm sure he joked around all the time with you because if he felt something was getting too heavy, he would put something in to break it all up and, and say, okay, let's really look at what we've got. Uh, and and it, was, it was all that, always that way. When Mary Margaret was diagnosed with cancer, Bruce came over every day to take her to appointments and he was always there and we depended on him because you know he was like a doctor you know many times you know he would do research and when he walked in I wanted to say to him now remember the doctor's in charge you're not <laughs> you know so so please let him tell us and if the doctor wasn't correct Bruce would say well I looked this up and and you know it says this and so so he knew he knew what was what was supposed to happen to us, uh, and one of the things I need to express to you all that, you know, this was Bruce's place. He loved every Wednesday, even though he might complain. And on Sunday, the biggest complaint was having to get up at six o'clock, wasn't it, <laughs> and, and, and come down to the church. But that was it, and very few times you know he would say oh I've got to do better for Sunday they you know so and so wasn't where it should be and he would come in and early and get started to make sure that you know the sound system worked and uh, it, it, it was his love and joy and you all made him really because when he first came here and started he really wasn't that involved with God and then all at once he began, you could begin seeing it. And he, he got to the point where that was his love, you know, along with Liam. Uh, you, you never put anybody first besides Liam. And if you did, he would let you know that, hey, he comes first. You know, you may have this appointment, but I have to take this to Liam and we'll have to cancel. And we did, you know. So, you, you know, it, it was one of those things. Uh, I, I want you to know, please, and please be happy that you were awful, awfully important in his life. Uh, he, he, you know, he was so excited about the new church. He couldn't wait to get all of his new play toys and start, <laughs> you know, and start developing something like movies and all this. And he was going to take classes so that, you know, so that... Uh, uh, he, he could be sure. Another thing he enjoyed more than was playing in his different bands. You know, he he loved the bands. He loved to drum. You know, he used to, we, we lived and we had a deep basement and all the kids would go down there and practice. And what we didn't realize that they were also entertaining the neighbors because sound <laughs> seems to travel. And uh, the neighbors never said too much. Every once in a while, they would come out and say, oh, well, we know your kids practice today. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but they didn't hold anything back. And uh, that, that started in high school, and, and he was always involved. Uh, I, I can't say enough to you all about how much I am indebted to you in taking him from somebody who really didn't have too many cares to, to a man who really knew what he wanted to do.
and uh, that that is great. And I have a card that we got, and it says, "In his memory, his memory lives on." And it says, "In who he was, in how he lived, and in who you are, because of him, his love is with you still." And yes, I want this to be a celebration. Because that's what Bruce would want. He would say, okay, enough crying. Let's go and have a party. You know, uh, so, so, but please, please always remember what you did for him. And I'm sure from hearing the people coming in this morning, he helped you also a lot. So thank you all very much. And, and again, my wife and I just are blown away by by all the love that has been expressed this morning. So go with us and go with him and be happy. It's a celebration for him, you know. No longer does he have to worry about being late for practice, <laughs> you know, or, or things like this that used to bug him. I can't be late. I said, five minutes one way or another is not going to make any difference. It's better than getting a $120 ticket. So, you know, he, he did. But... But he, he's there, and, and I'm sure, like I say, he would want you to remember the things that you all did together and had fun with and enjoyed, and that's what our celebration is today. And again, I thank you all. You just don't know how much this gathering has meant. Thank you, and I'm sure Liam feels the same. Young man, don't sit in that. You'll get one soon. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you. Yeah, let me have my... He takes care of you. He, he's my guide when he comes over to make sure the school can I just want you to know that I loved your son and your dad so very, very much. And as you can totally tell, um, all of us in this room, including those that can't be here, are not only grieving for you, but we're also all grieving with you because Bruce meant the world to us. And I think that one of the things that we loved the most was that Bruce was this big, burly guy with this big booming voice but I always always experienced his very tender sensitive big big heart always and I can't hear Psalm 150 without thinking of Bruce because when it says praise God in his sanctuary Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. My translation of that is praise him with loud banging drums, <laughs> for sure. And, and how about Psalm 100? I feel the same way when I hear that. I think of Bruce. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. And we know that Bruce has been making a joyful noise to the Lord ever since he was a teenager and started that band in your basement but what you may not know is that that also led to him making a joyful noise by joining the music team in his high school. And wait for it, 
it was also a dance team <laughs> called the swing team. You can't make this stuff up. There he is on the swing team. And all that catapulted him into a future where he was a, the salutatorian in college. That's why he acts like a doctor, right? Salutatorian that led to his love to play in local bands, the drums, and ultimately to the business that he formed around audio and sound. It was just an incredible business future. But he also helped us make a joyful noise every Sunday by giving us the chance to worship God with this excellent sound and care. But what really happened was that uh, it was only a few years ago that Bruce began to make a joyful noise in his own heart when he began a personal relationship with Jesus that you referred to, a relationship that transformed his life and transformed every relationship in his life, did it not? Bruce served First Pres for 18 years. That's 18 years of worship, 18 years of making a joyful noise, 18 years of driving about 50 miles from Spring Hill where he lived to get to First Pres twice a week. And 18 years, as you mentioned, that much to his chagrin, he had to get up at 6 a.m. on Sunday mornings and drive like crazy to get here to make up for that time. That translates, that sums up into 936 Sundays and 936 Wednesdays, give or take, the occasions, which are very few, that he couldn't be with us, but then you add on all the special events that he did. The sum of that is 18 years of faithful, humble service to the Lord and to us. But I think that what I love the most is that that 18 years started with Bruce just taking the opportunity, the big chance to pursue his passion to play the drums at some church in downtown Tampa called First Pres, but that it ended up with him having the chance to discover a new passion, a real relationship with Jesus and this family of faith. I love the way that Bruce was relentless and almost heroic in his ability to make the sound work so perfectly many times right up to the last second. Somehow, he pulled it out. And I remember one occasion especially when we were doing a women's retreat, and because of a Saturday night gig that he had, he was running super late. Jim referred to that. And so we were frantically looking for Bruce, and we, we weren't getting him on the phone. It's because he was just hightailing it. <laughs> to where we were and just across the bay and we're out on the front drive of this hotel knowing we're about to start this thing and up pulls Bruce, not a care in the world, calm as a cucumber, big smile on his face, hauling this gigantic trailer jammed full of equipment. And as promised, he pulled it out with 60 seconds to spare for go time. Um, I loved 
my Sunday mornings uh, because they always started with Bruce because he was one of the first ones here. And it was always this sweet opportunity to just check in with him and see how he was doing and say hi to Liam and have those few moments. But I especially loved the opportunity it gave me to look him in the eyes and just say, Bruce, I, we appreciate you so much. And I just love your heart to take such good care of us every Sunday morning and every time. He would always respond with how much it meant to him to be here with us. And every time, he would offer words of affirmation and encouragement that would catapult my day. So in the very back of the room where Bruce sat and managed the sound in our production area is a reserved spot every Sunday for Liam his precious son. And Bruce not only loved having Liam close by, but he knew he could count on Liam because Liam often jumped in to help in the fray and craziness, you don't even realize it, of what's happening back there to make the sound and everything else go really well for the rest of us oblivious on Sunday mornings. And Liam, I want you to know that your dad and you are so loved by all of us, and we would do anything in the world for you. You're so welcome, of course. Um, a few days ago, uh, I was checking in on how you were doing, and um, your response spoke into my just own broken heart um, it just inspired and encouraged me because your response was so mature and so brave. Um, because what Liam said was, I'm doing fine because I'm going to meet my dad again in heaven. And we're going to be there together. And then I found out later that he asked his mom, Cassie, if he could have his dad's ashes so that when he matriculated across the stage, graduating from college, he would have them with him. Yeah. Liam, you have it right. You do. And I, you, Mary Margaret, Jim, Cassie, Dan, Aunt Wilma, and all of you who are family members and friends, I want you to know that you can find comfort in the fact that Bruce now sees Jesus face to face and that everything he ever learned about Jesus is true. He now knows it's true. And he even knows that Jesus loves drummers. Yeah. <laughs> and Bruce is experiencing God's promise to us all that I read from Revelation 21, that in heaven, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any mourning or crying or sorrow or pain. No more. So friends, you loved Bruce well, 
And you were God's gift to Bruce, even as he was God's gift to you. She made me cry. She made you cry too. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Jim. Just a few more things. Um, in the fall of 1969, Jim and Mary Margaret got a phone call telling them that there was a child available for adoption. So off they went to pick up their baby. How old is he, they asked. About six weeks was the answer. When was he born? He was born on August 19th, so late September, back six weeks. And, and Mary Margaret says, that was my mother's birthday. That's a good start for Bruce. <laughs> he was born on the same day as his grandmother. What a sweet thing. Bruce, as several have said already, Bruce had good and deep relationships here in this church. I was one of the people that we, we got pretty deep pretty quickly, way back when. I can't remember when, 18 years ago. So I was able, like many of us, like has already been said, to be a part of watching all of us grow in faith. But Bruce started out playing drums and going outside and smoking a cigarette To, to engaging, and that's been said two or three times, so I don't need to say anything else. Maybe that's where some of us are in the room now. Maybe we're wondering, and not even sure we want to engage. I just invite you that family is the place where we do this together. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation. It's just family loving each other, and some folks in the family aren't really sure yet, but somehow I just invite you wherever you are, Maybe you want to let Bruce be the person that helps you say, okay, I'm going to look a little more into that. And, and if, you're, if you're sure that you're a Jesus follower, then just be more and more family because that's what we were made to be. We're sons and daughters of the king, and therefore we're brothers and sisters with each other. And Bruce and I shared this uh, intimacy in the sense of being, he told me stuff about him, and I told him stuff about me that we don't talk about anywhere else. And in that great confidentiality, and we just sort of did some life together. And that's what family does. We do life together. So I invite you in to somebody's family. This one, some family of Jesus people, wherever you are that's close to get to. Go and engage and be a person who loves other people really well. That's my encouragement to you. But I, I want to go back to Romans, if I could. Romans chapter 8. Bruce, I called him Brewski. Brewski, my man, I'm going to do my best to connect Romans chapter 8 with what it means to be a drummer. Here's what the passage starts out with. I read it a few minutes ago. God is for us. God is for us. It's four words in English. As many of you know, I love Greek and I do Greek. Hathaos, huper, hemon. God is for us. It means that God is on our side. It's Paul's way of sort of giving a shorthand of all the meaning of Jesus' life, his teaching, his healing, his death, sacrifice, his resurrection, and his being placed back on the throne, king of the universe. When Paul writes, God is for us, it means he's on our side. He's on your side. 
He's on my side. And he's doing what is best for us and best for the world by saying he's on. And so there's this momentum of certainty, of, of assurance as we read through this passage. Many people, if you told them, you get to have one book in the Bible and that's it. Many of them would pick Romans. But then if you, if you ground them down a little more and said, you only get to pick one chapter out of the Bible. You know what they might pick? Many people would pick out of all the chapters in the Bible. They'd pick Romans chapter 8. Because here we see it, the growing momentum of this, this loving, brilliant man, Paul, trying to help people understand who Jesus is. And he says, who can condemn us and feel the drums starting to beat? Nobody. And so the energy is starting to build in this text. And you can see it in Greek better than in English. Trust me. And so the momentum builds. Can death block God's love? No. Who condemns us? Nobody. God has rendered a verdict on you and me, and the verdict is not guilty, and it cannot be challenged or reversed. And uh, the passage but grows and fills with crescendo. Nothing, not height nor depth, nor for the present nor the future, not angels, not principalities, rulers, nothing. And then, like this, at the end of it, Bruce, I'm doing the best I can as you're coming off the seat. <laughs> nothing can separate us from the love of God which we know is true in Messiah Jesus. Whoom! And they go, ba 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 bam! And the song is over. That's why we can celebrate together today. Because of the crescendo with the kick drums and the snares and the cymbals all screaming. It's all because of the certainty, the assurance that Paul celebrates in this text of Jesus who died and, yes, was raised from the dead. Jesus Christ makes people who are dead alive again, not physically dead, maybe spiritually dead. And I'm just standing here telling you I was dead and now I'm alive again. And that's what we celebrate today. One, one last thing. In the several phone calls that Kathy and, and I and Mary Margaret Cassie, Jim have had this week. Early in the week, Jim said, or Mary Margaret said to me, the same thing that he said to you, which was, he said to me, Fitz Bruce had two loves. He loved Liam. And he loved what happened to him and the family at First Presbyterian Church. It was Jim's way of saying he loved God and God's people here at First Pres. And I said back to him, oh no. There are four things that he loved. He loved you, Jim. He loved you, Mary Margaret. You know that, all of you do in the room. And so, yes, our hearts are broken. We, we don't want to be here. Man, it's just palpable. All of you are here because you love Bruce and you love this family. And so we're willing to rest on the assurance of the resurrection, knowing that as David Dunkel, one of the members of the band, said to a text to the band group after we learned of Bruce's death, David said, Bruce is dancing in the fields of grace. So I'm grateful to God for you because you loved him. And I'm grateful to God that God loves me and God loves you and nothing can separate us from the love of God, which we know in Messiah Jesus.
as a way of, as a family, talking together to God about our assurance. We're going to pray together Psalm 23. And Jim and Mary Margaret have asked that we do Psalm 23 in the King James Version. And so it's going to come up on the board. And I'm going to invite you to just pray this prayer as a way of corporately saying, Gracious God, we love you, we love Bruce, and we're going to rest in the assurance of your love for us, which we know is true in everything that Paul said in Romans chapter 8. So let us pray together as a corporate prayer, Psalm 23. And, at, and we will do it, and you can remain seated. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Please pray with me. Dear Lord, our hearts are deeply grateful as we think about your son, Bruce, for the gift of his life, for the passion that you gave him for music and drums and sound, and for all the ways that he offered it all so humbly, from worship to Saturday night gigs. More than ever, we thank you for the way that he loved his son, Liam, his mom and dad, his whole family, and for the way that he loved us all, always so affirming and encouraging, always with a spirit of gratitude for you, Lord, and for the life that you gave him. Thank you, Father, that in Bruce, we experienced and witnessed your generous heart as he gave of himself so faithfully to everything and everyone he loved. And in the silence of our own hearts, we lift up to you our personal gratitude for Bruce and all the ways that he loved and cared for us. Father, we thank you that Bruce has entered the joy that you not only promised him, but also prepared for him. Father, give us the faith to see beyond the grief of this moment, to trust your love, which never fails. And we ask that you would wrap your loving arms around Liam, Mary Margaret, Jim, Cassie, Dan, Aunt Wilma, and each member and friend in such a way that they experience your presence even now in a new and deeper way. Oh, Lord, would you lift the weight of sorrow and fill us with a new sense of hope in you so that we can move forward strengthened by you to at last be joined in heaven and in reunion with Bruce and others we love 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now we're going to have a prayer of committal. And this is an opportunity for us to declare our faith and trust in the resurrection and to commit Bruce into the loving arms of God, though he is already there. It gives us as a family of faith to affirm that truth and to stand on it ourselves. Please pray with me. Father, it is into your loving hands that we commend your son, Bruce Edward Bryce, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. Receive him into the arms of your mercy, into the blessed rest of everlasting peace, and into the glorious company of your saints. In the name of our Lord, our Savior, Jesus, we pray. Amen. And now I want to invite Matt to come forward and the band as we continue our praise and worship and thanksgiving. I'm going to invite you to stand with us as we sing these next two songs together. Before we do this song, I just wanted to share a quick story about it. Uh, two weeks ago, we, we did this song during communion, and um, it was one of those songs that I think Bruce may have not heard of in a while, and uh, he, he stopped us after we, we were practicing it, and he said, what's the name of that song? And I said, came to my rescue. And he was, said, that is a great song. Um, yep. And I, I, I felt in that moment it touched him in a special way. And so we're going to do that song now. And I hope that you can picture him when we get to the bridge saying, in my life, be lifted high. In our world, be lifted high. In our love, be lifted high. And in his life, he put the glory of God first. And he, he showed that to us um, every time he was with us. And so Katie's going to lead us on this one. And let's worship. <laughs>
simply am the, the mouthpiece for the good word. May the grace and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be amongst you, remain with you always, and may the blessings of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. We're not quite finished. <laughs> Wouldn't be right if we didn't go out with a really loud drum song, so... <laughs> This last one, uh, there's some, some people out there, I think, who have played this song with Bruce in the past. And I would love to give you this opportunity to come up here and join us. We would, we would just be delighted. And um, this song is called Your Grace is Enough. And if you were ever able to play this song with Bruce uh, in the past, we would love to have you come up here right now. This is a, this is a special moment. can all see just how big of an impact Bruce made. Um, he touched all of our lives, and we are just 
up here as witnesses to, to just the love that he shared with us. And I hope that this will just show you be a, a chance for us to glorify God and to use just the strength in this song and strengthen our numbers. Um, but there's a drum solo on this that Steve Bonnick back there is going to just have a lot of fun with. And when he does that, let's just clap while he's doing that, while he's just having a, t a time of his life. But that's how, how Bruce played this song back in the day. He would be on the, that drum set playing this song uh, with a lot of these people who are on the stage. And so this, this one is for Bruce. We're going to go out strong with Your Grace is Enough. So here we go. Let's sing it out.
day. We remember Bruce. Love you all. Have a great day. Bye.